0: Freedom-loving patriots, constitutionalists, gun-toting fellow MAGA-extremist Republican cult members, trump coast conspirators of truth, and those clinging to their guns, Bibles, and constitutions. I'm your host, Becca Marie, along with Stella Padilla, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. Check out our website, FreedomSpeakNM, where you can click on the radio replay link and listen to replays of any of our previous shows, as well as check out the Becca's Monologues tab. I like that one. And the Resources tab. And if you um, also, you can check out the podcast. You can download it from SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Want to send us your questions and comments, you can email us at Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. And now... If you want to watch us and see our pretty faces on Friday morning, you can go to our website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the Rumble link from 9 a.m. to noonish Friday mornings, and you can watch the show live and also call in and be part of the show. And you can also um, message us through social media on either X Rumble or Facebook because we watch your comments on there and you can interact with us that way as well and if you're listening to us on KDAZ radio on Saturday afternoon 96.9 FM AM 700 and streaming online at conservativetalkabq.com I want to thank you for listening we love KDAZ it's like the best conservative station in town so I have a lot of topics today to talk about a lot of stuff going on and, as usual I was thinking a little bit about how um, the government always seems to act like they care so much about us. They're doing all of these things for our good because they care about the children, they care about they care about crime, they care about grandma, they care about all of that stuff, right? They they're from the government and they're there to help. Absolutely, yes, they are. So death looms large as we stand at the precipice of destruction. Do I really stand alone on this hill? Sometimes I feel like I do. Do most people really not see the storm raging before them? It certainly seems that way. Our government on all levels is completely out of control. I think a lot of you paying attention will agree with me on that point. They, long, they no longer care about what we the people have to say. Our government officials no longer consider the Constitution or their oath of office to be absolute. And now that is out in the open. The words were actually said. Just last week, the tyrannical governor of New Mexico, which I have referred to as the tiny tyrant, by proclamation, decided to temporarily suspend the right to keep and bear arms by law-abiding Americans. The reason used is because it is in response to a public health emergency. Oh, my God, it's an emergency. Others have argued that it's only for 30 days. (laughs) The tiny tyrant claims this is because she cares about children being killed in gun crimes. Apparently, this is different than her support for doctors killing babies all the way up to the day of birth. Maybe it's different than her support for abortions of babies at all stages of pregnancy by the Satanic Temple. This tyrant willfully allows sexual predators to assault your children in public schools, along with a lot of other Democrats. Wake up, people. This wannabe dictator does not care about your children or your freedom or the Constitution or her oath of office. She said it. She said it. I played it on the show last week. Her oath of office and the Constitution is not absolute. Now they've actually said the words that have not been said for years now. They've come right out and talked about it. And I have talked about this before, about oath of office. There are no consequences whatsoever. These people swear an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States, and yet now they've come out blatantly and admitted that they no longer take their oath seriously. We've all heard the stories many times of children who tell their mothers or fathers of abuse that they are experiencing at the hands of someone, only to be ignored or not believed. Often, little girls have been abused sexually while a parent turns a blind eye to it. The damage that we often cause through apathy, indifference, and fear is often more traumatic than the abuse itself. In truth, this applies to any problems that people ignore or cower to. We've seen a lot of cowering over the past few years, people. Our children are being destroyed emotionally, psychologically, cognitively, and even physically, while millions of parents pretend that it's not happening and do nothing. Our country, our children's home, is being dismantled, and yet we ignore it as if it is just temporary. The type of damage being wrought, brothers and sisters, is lifelong and most assuredly, eternally destructive. I've been fighting this war for years now with my words on this radio show, by sacrificing my valuable time, organizing and attending protests, and by standing on the street corners with signs attempting to warn all Americans about what is transpiring. And yet it's still being allowed to happen. A hot war is coming soon, if we continue in our current state of malaise. It will be difficult to pretend when it's you who are lying in the dirt with a boot heel planted firmly on your throat. Let me give you some examples of how our government cares about us so much. By 1944, the medical team of the Manhattan Project, headed by Stafford Warren, concluded that a controlled experiment on humans was necessary. They came up with a plan to inject radioactive elements, including polonium, plutonium, and uranium, into civilian patients around the country. Between April 1945 and July 1947, 18 subjects were injected with plutonium, six with uranium, five with polonium, and at least one with americium, I hope I pronounced that right. The, were, the experiments were performed at Manhattan Project Affiliated Hospitals in Rochester, New York, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Chicago, Illinois, and San Francisco, California. In 1932, the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in black men was a real experiment. In this study, the CDC, which well, we, we all trust the CDC so much, oh my gosh, and the United States Public Health Service... Observed 600 African-American males as the progression of syphilis ravaged their bodies. They were told that they would be treated for bad blood, but didn't receive any help. This experiment lasted until 1973. And these men could have been cured as early as 1943 with the use of penicillin. But they wanted to see how they died. This is your American government, people. In 1991, federal officials, for the first time, admitted that the military conducted mustard gas experiments on enlisted men during World War II. According to declassified records and reports published soon after, three types of experiments were done. Patch tests, where liquid mustard gas was applied directly onto test subject skin. Field tests where subjects were exposed to gas outdoors in simulated combat settings, and chamber tests, where men were locked into gas chambers while mustard gas was piped inside. From 1950 through 1953, the U.S. Army conducted Operation LAC, which stands for Large Area Coverage, spraying chemicals over six cities in the United States and Canada now, are you still sure that those chemtrail things are just conspiracy theories? A 1953 article in the medical scientific journal Clinical Science described a medical experiment in which researchers intentionally blistered the skin on the abdomens of 41 children, who ranged in age from 8 to 14, using cantheridin. The study was performed to determine how severely the substance injures, irritates the skin of children. After the studies, the children's blistered skin was removed with scissors and swabbed with peroxide. Then there was Operation Top Hat. Seven research projects involving chemical weapons and human subjects was submitted by the Chemical Corpse for Secretary of the Army approval in August of 1953. One project involved visitants. One involved Phosgen, which is an industrial chemical used to make plastics and pesticides. Kind of makes me wonder about that train crash in Ohio. Five were experiments which involved nerve agents. All seven were approved. From approximately 1951 to 1974, the Holmesburg Prison in Pennsylvania was the site of extensive dermatological research operations using prisoners as subjects. Led by Dr. Albert M. Kligman of the University of Pennsylvania, the studies were performed on behalf of Dow Chemical Company, the U.S. Army, and Johnson & Johnson. In one of the studies for which Dow Chemical paid Kligman $10,000, Kligman injected dioxin, a highly toxic carcinogenic compound which is found in Agent Orange, a chemical that Dow was manufacturing for use in Vietnam at the time, into 70 prisoners. MK Ultra in 1953. The CIA placed several of its interrogation and mind control programs under the direction of a single program known by the code name MKUltra. After CIA Director Alan Dulles complained about not having enough human guinea pigs to try these extraordinary techniques, the MK Ultra project was under the direct command of Dr. Sidney Gottlieb of the Technical Services Division. The project received over $25 million and involved hundreds of experiments on human subjects at 80 different institutions. Here's the one I like the best. More than 50 mentally disabled children, ages 5 to 10, under the care of Dr. Saul Krugman, a respected pediatrician from New York, was wanted to determine if there were multiple strains of hepatitis and whether a vaccine could be created to protect against the disease. Krugman and his partner, Dr. Joan Giles, used the Willowbrook residents to test a preliminary vaccine for this disease that had killed millions worldwide. From 1955 to 1970, the children were injected with the virus itself or made to drink chocolate milk mixed with the feces from other infected children in order to study their immunity. This was your United States government experiment, experimenting on we, the people. To me, it sounds a lot more like stories from Nazi Germany. Matter of fact, the Nazis were doing these sort of things. Yet despite all of this, you still allowed an experimental vaccine to be injected into your body. You allowed your children to be injected. You encouraged your grandmother to be injected. After all the various reports came in and the thousands of doctors and other professionals were out there talking about how people were being injured and killed by this poison, you went out and got a booster. And the corrupt state-run news agencies continued to talk about how it was safe and effective. Before you go, just believing the science, or anything else for that matter, you better make sure that you are not the science. I tell you this as well. We better stop believing everything these evil people say and do. I'm sick of feeling like I'm all alone in this fight, but I will fight evil to the end. I still remember all the times I went shopping in Walmart and other stores over the past few years and was literally the only person in the store not wearing a ridiculous mask. I remember being chased around the store by raving brainwashed lunatics with a mask in their hand. Then you gotta wear this mask. I still remember being thrown out of Costco for not wearing a mask while a sea of mask morons all stood by and did nothing. I do want to convey how thankful I am for all my friends that showed up last Sunday with me to protest our corrupt evil governor's illegal executive order. We need to keep doing that. Our government has become so corrupt that we can no longer believe anything they say. Our media is simply a propaganda arm of the government, just like in any other communist country. And in conclusion, here are some truth bombs for you, or as the state-run media would tell you, conspiracy theories. President Kennedy was killed by a deep state operation. Probably the CIA. 9-11 was another inside job as is witnessed by the fall of Building 7 at 5.30 p.m. that same day. Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. The USA, USA is no longer a republic or a democracy, as a lot of you like to call it, but rather an oligarchy, as witnessed by this last scam of an election, as well as the constitutional violations happening against citizens now all over the place. Political opponents get arrested in communist dictatorships. That's what's happening now in this country. Oh, and lastly, another one I thought of. I don't believe Osama bin Laden was really dumped off a Navy ship. That never made any sense to me. I, 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 I scratched my head from the beginning. It's like, why in the world would they do that? <laughs> Which makes you question, did, was he really killed? I don't know. Those of you that are afraid of your government and are hiding in the shadows in fear of retribution, you're not alone. Join us in the resistance and show them that as a free American, you will not roll over and submit to tyranny. There you go. So, uh, Stella. That said it all, didn't it? I I think it said a lot. What do you think? I think it's disgusting that they would use,
1: you know, human beings. I mean, it's bad enough to use the mice and fill them with cancer just to see what they'll do. But to take innocent babies and children and just inject them with stuff is so sick. And, you know, you think about Bill Gates holding his children and saying, no, no vaccines for my kids, only for your kids. Yeah and right. of every, course everything that has to do with government like even the fact that they send your children to war to die but they won't send their children they'll send your children that it's 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 the government is just like the most hideous thing that you can think of in the United States. And the fact that Russia is making fun of us right now and saying the U.S. is now developing a new virus to sit on the people, to sit on the world.
0: Well, well, you know, the the Russian military mm-hmm. is out there trying to warn people. Yes. It's like, you know, they're already working on the next scandemic mm-hmm. to infect all of you with. You know, I I am really... I am I, I am really torn here about who the actual enemy is anymore. I don't know anymore. I I'm how can you t- How can you tell? We're being lied to about everything.
1: I think you just told us who the enemy is right there in that monologue. You already told us who the enemy is. We just have to realize it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So hey, uh, I got a good friend of mine by the name of Vicky Matthews in the studio with us today. Hold on, Vicky. Let me bring you on. Mm-hmm. There you go. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Morning, and you know, I met Vicky uh, at karaoke. Believe it or not, <laughs> her and I are both karaoke nuts. You know, and um, I got to talking to her a while back and found out, you know, she's she's in an interesting profession, and I and I thought maybe she'd have some really interesting viewpoints to share about just about every topic I talk about. So I thought, hey, Vicki, why don't you come on in and join us and be our guest? And so here she is today. So, Vicki, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor, both licensed in California and in New Mexico. And my primary population I treat is teens and kids. But I, I really do see a mixed and varied population of people including LGBTQI, which I'm very, I have an affinity for just because of the marginalization and ostracization over the years. I really uh, feel that it's important to be a part of the inclusivity um, of this world, since uh, I feel a very divided world right now, especially in the U S. So I think that's intentional. Yeah, I think so too. So I can definitely relate with, uh, your monologue, a lot of it, a lot of its contents hit home. A lot of its contents hit home with my with my clients and uh, personally as well. Um, especially in regards to the vaccinations, uh, that hit personally because my mom was in an assisted living during this time during the pandemic the whole time actually and the only way that i could see her was to be masked and vaccinated uh this was a conflict with me but in order to do that i my husband and i both had to be masked and vaccinated otherwise we were seeing her through glass we sat outside her window on a chair would take turns going into the facility to see her. It was quite sad. And this continued once we uh, relocated her from California to New Mexico, uh, where we had to continue uh, to go through these protocols in order to visit my mom. Um, was it sad and that I had to have a vaccine and had to uh, adhere to these rules? Of course it was. But did I want to spend time with my mother? Because she passed away in, in December of 2021, those last three months were very important for me. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I felt forced, but it, I had to do it. I uh, wish I didn't have to feel forced and put in a position like that. Um, so yeah, it it was. It was a hard time, definitely.
0: Well, I'm glad you're okay, because, you know, I know a lot of people that uh, were coerced into getting the injection. I, I won't even call it a vaccine because it, it really serves no purpose as a vaccine. Um, and I know a lot of people within my own circle that have either um, had serious adverse reactions and died or others that uh, are have been chronically ill ever since then and probably won't be around much longer and uh it it's it's disgusting how how so many people died during the course of all this and <clears throat> the last thing they saw was a person with a mask staring at them through a piece of glass uh, i i just uh, the i <sighs> I, I can't even express my feelings for that. How, uh, it makes me mad. It makes me very mad. Um,
2: very disheartening for my husband and I to be in that position. Yet we did it. Um, my mom didn't understand. She was also vaccinated. That was mandatory with clients. I mean, we could have refused, but at the same time, um, I don't know. It was a hard choice to make. But to see her behind glass was was hard and her telling us take the mask off i want to see you smile take take it off i want to i can't hear what you're saying because she had a hearing impairment too um was hard it was it broke my heart broke both our hearts um so when we were in her room we took the mask off Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it was lovely
0: yeah,
1: the You know, you know, the most heartbreaking thing was that they they lie to you continuously to make you fall for whatever agenda they have. But do you remember when they? If masks first came out it's for two weeks only only for two weeks right? and it extended for what almost two years you know we were the last state to actually take the mask off and uh, forget about the six feet apart and we were almost the last state I think we were the last state so I think like like I keep saying that uh, New Mexico is a testing site they test us and see how stupid we are and how we follow along mm-hmm. blindly which a lot of people did so now that she's trying to do this gun mandate or whatever the the law for the gun, you know, the cash. Um, uh, and it's the, not a law, by the way. Well, no, not a <laughs> law. But, well, she's trying to make it one, though. She's trying to kick out the Second Amendment. It's not going to work. And she said, it's only for 30 days. Oh, we're going to fall for that again now? Mm-hmm. Only for 30 days? It'll just keep going on. Like she said, after I do this, all the other states, blue states, will go along with it. It's just, a, we're just a testing site in New Mexico. It's pathetic that people fall for it so easily.
2: I agree with that, and uh, coming from a blue state, I you know was living in California for uh, many many years, and I moved here about two and a half years ago and this it was during the height of the pandemic, and I saw the transition, and I saw how it evolved into something even worse as I came into New Mexico because things were winding down in California, but I came into and New Mexico, and it was actually getting worse. Mm -hmm. So we were still wearing masks, um, six feet apart, And then my mom and the assisted living, and it was... New Mexicans just
1: don't see that. I can't believe that they don't see that. You know, the the comparison, Mm -hmm. like from California coming down here, and a lot of Californians are coming down here and buying land and everything and houses at a way cheaper rate. They get a lot more for their houses there. So they come down here and buy several houses and then raise the cost of the houses. And so now the New Mexicans can't afford to buy a house. Uh, So they bring their tactics from California down here and that's what they're running away from supposedly you know the high taxes the tyrannical government but they bring it with them over here now in New Mexico's I, I can't believe that Mexico is blue because it's always been for us about family, faith, and freedom. Right, exactly. Always. That's what it's been. We've always been very conservative thinking. And so this blue stuff that hangs over the state, I can't understand it.
2: It, it was hard when we uh, came here because Governor Gavin Newsom in California, um, he's destroying the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time and the homeless populi- population is just... just terrible um he doesn't know what to do with it he's he's pretty clueless i would say Mm -hmm. he's uh they don't care no he's along the tt line here Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that's right i'm telling you he's just as bad i'd have to come
0: up with another name for him yeah because he's not necessarily tiny
2: um, mm-hmm. they have a name for him, Gavin gruesome or something. I mean, that's, it, that's a it good really, one. it's a play on words, but right. yeah. it works really well for him because mm-hmm. he's literally making the state. It's a hot mess. There's a lot of people, um, that are migrating out of the state, mm-hmm. um, for many, many reasons. And, um, And
1: there's no no end to the tyranny. Doesn't he want to tax everybody that's leaving the state for leaving the state?
0: Uh, Yeah. So that's one reason we left early. (laughs) When did you leave again?
2: Uh, Uh, December of 2020.
0: December of 2020. Wow. That was during
2: the height of of the pandemic, definitely.
0: Or as I call the scamdemic.
2: The scamdemic, whatever. Scamdemic. Exactly.
0: All right. So, um... That's the end of the first segment. I want to, since I got Vicki in here, I want to talk about uh, a topic I've touched on before. I want to talk about how smartphones are negatively affecting our children. And then I also want to talk a little bit about this whole thing where schools are violating the parental rights of children. I've, I've got a lot of material on that. I want to get Vicky's take on it. And so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We'll be right back. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at J.P. Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, J.P. Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers and closed trailers and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com.
3: Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226.
0: Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? I'm Floyd Sisko with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash spoken words, New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca, Marie, and Stella. We're here with our guest, Vicki Matthews, which is, uh, I never can, I, I, I never can can't remember. She does mental health stuff, okay? <laughs> which we all need. <laughs> I think we, we all need it after the last few years we've gone through. Yeah, I need it, too. Yeah. You know, what is, you know, I often wondered, what is a... What does a therapist do when they need therapy? I guess you know. I I remember watching. Remember that old series, The Sopranos. Did you ever watch that one, Vicky? all the time. I the Sopranos. love Sopranos. And- Yes, and, love him. And there was the therapist on the Sopranos that used to, to that would treat Tony Soprano. Lorraine Bracco. And yes. after after treating him, she would need therapy.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Because <laughs> apparently she really messed him up in the she he messed her up in the head big time. So she had her own therapist. So Yeah. How does that work with you? I'm kind of curious.
2: Uh, You got to have your own therapist. You have to do it. Yeah.
0: Does taking on other people's crap on a daily basis just really, really wear on you?
2: It can. It's called vicarious uh, trauma or secondary trauma. So you have to really practice good self-care with that. Otherwise, uh, you can crumble. So you got to look out for your supports and um, look to your own therapist and really have faith in the process otherwise it can be detrimental if you don't take care of yourself as a helper if their cup is empty they cannot uh, help other people yeah so in order to nurture others you really have to nurture yourself yeah you can't do it otherwise and it it really it starts to show it starts to wear on you when you're starting to have sleep issues um, and health issues you know those kinds of things so those are signs to take care of you so that you can be there for other people.
0: Well, it's got to be a struggle to not be in your own head while you're trying to help other people. You know, that's what I'm thinking.
2: It can be, especially if you're suffering with things that your clients have been suffering with. Uh, for example, grief. You know, I've lost my, my mom. I just lost my aunt a month ago. And um, over, this, over the course of time, it can be hard. But what I have to do is see it as a method of, of helping my clients. Mm-hmm. through this because I have a personal experience I have the ability to relate yeah. I'm relatable yeah so if I can um, pour my heart into that that process my clients can heal better knowing that uh, that we had similar struggles yeah you know it's important yeah. to relate to your clients
0: <clears throat> well you know what I'm doing this radio show I take my personal experiences and <laughs> then and then I, and then I put them into the topics I talk about. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would imagine, you know, in your profession, you you do that. You use it as a way to better relate to the people that you're helping. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, um, One topic I've mentioned a few times, I am very adamant about this thing with uh, kids and smartphones. And, I've had a number of people disagree with me on this topic. Um, and and I I don't really quite know know why. You know, I I saw a commercial on TV the other day that I found personally rather disturbing where it's showing this young girl young teenager maybe 12 13 at mm-hmm. most sitting there at a, at a dinner table staring at her smartphone. All right completely disconnected from everything around her. And then they're talking about, you know, the parents talking about how, well, she's she's home from school, but she's not really home. And it's like, we've tried everything that we can try. And, except and taking I'm, the phone away from her. taking that damn phone yeah, away right? from her. It's like, who, it, yeah. who paid for that phone? I know she certainly didn't. Mm-mm. I mean, these phones cost a lot of, several hundred dollars. Do. I mean, they cost a lot of money. The parents
1: set the rules. And doesn't it go by where you've turned into your child's friend instead of your parent?
2: Uh, right. And that's not a good way to mm-hmm. to parent. At all. So,
0: what's your thoughts on that thing about about a parent trying to be a friend rather than a parent?
2: Well, I th- I've seen it be detrimental to the child's uh, development for sure. Yeah, because they need a parent; they don't need a friend. They got friends and peers at school or a church, wherever they're they're socializing. But parents need to really, you know, set these boundaries with their children. They need to have these rules set up. I think that children really thrive with routine and rules in the home and that's the expectations are important for them because then they learn how to take care of themselves um and become well good parents themselves role models parents are role models and when they model this ill behavior of this, this follows the child mm-hmm. so the, you're setting them up for for failure if you're not being a good role model with your children and a good role model says, these are the rules. These, this is what you're going to adhere to. Uh, This is the phone time. um, And uh, you're not going to have it at dinner and we're going to set limits with you. Or you're just not going to give it to a 10 year old. How about that?
0: I certainly wouldn't. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid and we would sit down for, by the way, Stella, I want to tell you something. My mom is watching the show as usual. And she made a little comment. She said, tell Stella she's a great co-host. Oh,
2: thanks,
1: mom. I love you.
0: <laughs> Aww. Um but, you know, I know when I was a kid, and it's like, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned and they're going to say, oh, well, you know, you're just you're just, a, you know, you're just old fashioned. You're old. You know, we don't live like that anymore. But we sat down. We had dinner together, you know, um, and talk to each other. and talk to each other. Right. And we did not answer the phone. And back during that day, we had a phone hanging on the wall in the kitchen. That was the phone. Right. And so. We sat down, we had a family dinner, we connected as a family, we just, you know, we talked a little bit about just everything that we're and and the phone did not get answered. If it, the phone rang, no, you let it ring. And by the way, it didn't go to voicemail, there was no, exactly. <clears throat> there was that. no such thing. <laughs> It's like, you know, and I miss those days so in I. which the phone rings and it's like, if you don't have time to answer you don't. And if you're the one calling somebody, it rings and rings and rings and nobody answers. Well, you hang up and you try again later. Exactly. You know, but this whole, and and, and I've talked about this thing where everybody's got to be connected all the time is extremely stressful. And, you know, I think you and I were talking about this, Vicki, about, you know, one way that I get disconnected from everything so that I even if I have an impulse to 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 look at the phone, I can't is I'll go on a camping trip someplace that's intentionally off the grid that has no service. Exactly. And I'll do that for three, four days. It's it's really cleansing. It is and it's important. It is. It is. And you know, this whole thing with you know, I believe that smartphones like so many other things are an addiction and i think that to one extent or another i think a lot of us and i I do have a few friends which have sworn off of uh uh, smartphones completely Mm -hmm. and and they went back to flip phone they they, yeah or even or even (laughs) a landline people that are doing that
2: just for those very reasons yes Have boundaries of themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and I can understand that because I've known some people that were, you know, addicts. Alcoholics. Oh yeah. They they couldn't control themselves when it came to prescription drugs and things like that. They had just had pretty much what I what I believe people call an addictive personality. Right. And so they knew they can't control themselves. Mm -hmm. So they don't do it at all. They never have a drink because they know they can't just have one. Right. Um, and you know, I've known people that were so incredibly addicted to nicotine that they were literally, when they weren't smoking a cigarette, they were thinking about having the next one. And you've seen these commercials on TVs where they're talking about where they show the cigarette dragging the person outside and, and all this cra- That That's about the way it really is. Well, yeah. It's an—it's an, it's a— it's a psychological addiction. Right. They call that rumination in my, my field. Rumination. I've never heard that term.
2: <laughs> That's constantly overthinking and just it's intrusive thinking. It's It just interferes with your daily functioning. What I see phones doing a lot of times um, is uh, causing avoidant behavior. Um, I see this with text. I see this all the time where instead of talking to the person or reaching out to them, somebody will... Uh, send these long winded novel sized texts that cause you to not interact with that person. And
1: well, yeah, you don't interact because you can think of what you're going to say right. and change it and edit it or whatever before you actually send it. Whereas if you talk to someone, you're talking from your heart most of the time, right. you know, especially if you're having a hard time communicating with somebody. Yeah, that's
0: why doing live talk radio is the hardest thing of all because it's all live. You know, everything we do here is live. By the way, when you guys, if you've never listened to us on the radio, it's the same thing that you're seeing here. So I don't edit anything. The only time I ever make an exception and edit anything (laughs) is if somebody slips a naughty word out there that breaks FCC rules, (laughs) then I've got to go in, I've got to edit it before I send it to the radio station. Um, in, In like a... A live situation where you're actually live on the radio station, uh, you've got a thing called a dump button, you got to push and you've got, right. you got know, you got to get the naughty words so they don't get out because you're on a little bit of a delay. But go ahead, continue your thought there, Vicki.
2: Uh, well, I mean, enough, w- with the avoidance behavior, what happens is you can't hear voice inflection, you can't hear emotion when it comes to writing. So what that creates is a misunderstanding and things get twisted. Thoughts and um, ideas get twisted and what happens a lot of times with this kind of communication is people stonewall. That's right. They, things go unresolved, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they never get resolved. So all you have are these these rambling texts that go on and on and on that, that don't make sense, and uh, it's absence of emotion and interpersonal re- uh, communication and, and connection. And it's really, I feel, that communication is the... The root of all evil in many ways yeah, and with our world. Yeah, haven't you ever
1: texted someone, just you know, they said something to you and you wanted to say something funny, and you text them and you say, Why are you mad at me? Right. Or what's wrong there? And you right. say, Because you can't see the emotion behind a text. You can't. And you can't hear it. Right. So you're just there, like, No, I wasn't mad. I was trying to be funny, you know? But you, you can, right. and a text, you can take it either way.
2: So you know? with the phones, there is an addiction to avoidant behavior with that mm-hmm. as well. You know, they can hide behind the phone. And yeah, but you not, can hear their voice and you can hear
1: their emotion right a lot of the times. You know, you know mm-hmm. they're
0: mad when they say they're not
2: when they're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: truly. You know, but I you know, I refer back to that commercial I was talking about. By the way, you guys, I know there was some kind of glitchy thing going on with Rumble. I don't know what it is. I, I went in and I and I removed it and re added it. So hopefully that fixes the problem. Anyway, I noticed that on my end too, as seeing that anyway. So um, but I noticed that commercial where they're saying, "Well, we've tried everything." Well, no, you haven't tried everything because the kid still has the cell phone. Why don't you take it away? And it's like I, I realized that uh, that sometimes uh, there is a withdrawal from any kind of addiction. Oh yeah. But you'll get over it. <laughs> you'll get over it. Um, but but there again, I don't think you should be giving cell phones to kids anyway. I don't think they no, they don't need they don't need a cell phone any more than when we were kids. That we did not need a landline in our bedroom. Right. And we didn't need porno magazines and other adult material. We didn't need that either. No, we didn't. So, you know, as a parent, and like you said, you got to stand up, you got to be a parent, you got to do some parenting and stop trying to be so much of a friend. Because I'll tell you what, I look back on my childhood and, you know, mom, thank you so much for the way you raised me and and my brother and sister as children it's like you you had rules and it's like you know it's like oh, well don't just sit around and be watching tv all, all day go outside and play and no you can't have a you can't have a phone in your room when you when you get a job and you can pay for a phone in re- your room you can have a phone in your room but you know we went out and we interacted real life with other people other friends and we learned things from having to solve problems right and and kids nowadays, they don't, they don't, all they do is they sit around all the time. Parents allow them to do this. They allow them to sit around in the house, play video games. They allow them to at, stare at a little screen all day long. And they have no idea of what content that they're viewing on there. And, you know, another thing I've talked about a lot is how. There are a lot of predators out there, scammers, people that are looking to, in one way or another, take advantage of you and and steal from you. And in the case of of children, uh, you could have adults out there pretending to be children and Absolutely. possibly luring your child into some kind of uh, situation in which they may, may be kidnapped or sexually abused or whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what I've seen it also do is inspire um, low self-esteem, depression, suicidal ideation in some of my uh, young clients. Um, they don't want to go to school. Um, they even Some of them are switching to homeschooling, but uh, we really had to talk about limiting uh, social media or just getting rid of it altogether. And that's due to the phones, them having that initially. And these are kids that are age 11 and 12 um that are having these uh, problems that you know usually adults start to have they don't i don't i don't remember seeing these really heavy heavy issues happening with young kids when i was growing up i mean there's a certain degree that children will have these issues but i really feel that cell phones and social media and the internet has inspired a lot of um bullying as well social bullying um just It does, you know,
1: I pick up my little one from school after school, you know, uh, because her parents work, and I'll go down there, and there's some kids that don't communicate with other kids ever, but they're always on their phone, because that that saves them from having to communicate, having to socialize with them, because they have the phone in front of them, this is their friend, this is what they pay attention to, and that's you know, very misguiding to them. There's a lot of they go into social media and they talk them into doing stuff that they normally wouldn't even hear about. That's right. And But they're stuck on that phone. The parents just let them have it as long as they want. Uh, at dinner time we go out to a, a restaurant and off the parents and the teenage kids, they sit down, they pull out their phone and they all start playing on their phone. The waitress comes by. Uh, Are you ready to take your order? Well, no, we haven't even looked at the menu. Well, okay, I'll be back. So she takes it off. She's doing something else. She comes back. They're still on their phone. Uh, well, we're not ready. Well, when are you going to be ready? You know, like they're taking. Right. I feel right. sorry. I feel
0: sorry for these servers
1: that I work at too. these <laughs> restaurants. Like, are
2: you going to eat or not? After yeah. this meme. Yes.
1: <laughs> God, I felt so sorry for her. Like, just let them stay there till they actually call for you. She'd go back trying to be a good waitress. You know, are you ready to order now? Right. There's still all of them on their phones, all four of them. And I'm thinking, like, I, and then when they bring their food finally, they're eating their food and they're yeah, just on the phone, the constantly. I think, my God, do, why do yeah. they even bring him to dinner? Well, and the thing is, Stella, is how do you enjoy your meal like that? Right. I think they don't like each you other. Know, the parents but, don't, don't like each other, and the kids don't like their parents. And it's better to just uh, go through the phone and avoid each other. Yeah. If we have to eat together, fine, but let's not talk to each it's other. It's
2: so forced, and the family dynamic is tanked. Oh, I mean, God, you don't it see is. it anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no cohesiveness. There's no Sunday night dinners. There's nothing like that. Oh, I'm gonna eat in my room. Mm-hmm kind of thing that's what with my phone with my phone
1: yeah
0: yeah Yeah, you know when I was a kid no that's not okay you're gonna sit at the dinner table with the rest of us the phone is not going to be you're not nobody's gonna be answering the phone nobody's gonna be talking on the phone um but (laughs) (laughs) you know here's the thing too it's like when people are like always focused on their phone all the time I mean you know we talk I talked about like nicotine addiction and drug addiction there's phone addiction and I think a lot of people are addicted to their phones. You know, I even heard uh, uh, somebody using a term that like you are uh, like a, a phantom ring uh, that you'll feel like your phone is ringing when it's not, uh, that sort of thing. But but the thing I thing I've noticed is like. One thing that drives me crazy is I'll be at home, and my, I'll just get done cooking myself some dinner and pulling something hot off the stove or out of the oven or whatever that I'm going to sit and enjoy for dinner, and my phone rings. And it's like, sorry, it does not get answered. Right. And it's like, no, whatever it is can wait. They can leave a voicemail, and then whenever I have time, whenever I'm done enjoying my meal while it's hot, right. I will call back. Exactly. But a lot of people, they just can't seem to pull themselves away from the phone, and I think it's—I think it's really rotting our society, is what I think. Well,
2: it is. The immediacy with its use is not good. It has been very detrimental, yeah. and I even see uh, el- elderly people now that are have become addicted to it as well. You yeah, it's know. not just the
1: kids. No, it's not. I it's mean, everybody. The adults are just as much to blame, and I think the kids pick it up from the adults. You know.
2: Well, yeah, it stems there.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I, uh, I read an article a while back that was talking about uh, phones and uh, the learning when it has to do with kids that, that kids that like, are constantly using their smartphone all the time actually are not learning uh, like they, like they normally would. And I can understand how that makes sense because we're talking about a constant distraction all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I can tell you like when I'm, doing my research and my notes for this show every week I need to be in a quiet space right no other distractions nothing uh, you know no no cell phone discussions, no, the only thing I am doing when I'm like doing show prep for the show is I might be watching a video that pertains to a topic sure. which I'm researching or I'm reading an article, or I might say, watch a um, uh, somebody speak on a, a news program or something. But other than that, I have nothing going on in the background. Often what I'll do is I'll just go into my room where it's quiet and close the door and have just quiet. Quiet mm-hmm. And because that way my brain can be fully engaged in what I'm working on, and the whole the whole and you can maybe answer to this <laughs> for me, the whole concept of of multitask tasking is a total myth and, and And I did some research on that. Your brain only thinks about one thing at a time. It, that's it. It only thinks it may switch back and forth between things, but when you're doing that, when you're going back and forth. You're, you're not really absorbing information like you normally would.
2: Right. It, that's very true. You yeah. don't absorb the information that you should be when you're focusing on one task. I mean, some people have the ability to do that. And uh, when I've worked with neurodivergent clients uh, who have uh, you know, ADHD, whether it's kids or, or adults, I see them having this issue with multitasking and having trouble focusing on one issue at a time. So we talk about chunking or just you know, let's let's focus here, let's finish this, let's really absorb ourselves into that, and then we can move on to the next task. Because what happens is there's a whole bunch of tasks that they want to do and none get done because they yeah. can't focus. So very important to quiet your mind, quiet your environment, and get to a point where you can get, uh, you know, your initial task done let's without see distraction.
0: What Tamara here on Facebook, she said... Um homeschool is good. I'm all for homeschool, especially nowadays, since we've found what's happening in the public schools. Kids have more time for chores, clean house, do all the yard work, <laughs> then play outside with any little free time. I started working at seven years old, feed, clean, stall. She, she like she, <laughs> you know, yeah. Tamara has an interesting story. I don't know if she ever wants to share it sometime, but you know, maybe I'd, She can. By the way, if you guys want to call in, the phone lines are open if you're watching us live 505 444 5059. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you might want to share one of your own stories from when you were growing up and and how it was back in the old days when you were growing up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a, trailing end of being a baby boomer you know because i was born in 62 so baby boomers that i mean that's that was mostly the norm of how how we lived our life as our childhood as we sat down as a family and had dinner right Uh, a lot of us had a typically our mother would be at home when we were during you know attending school during our school years and would you know, get us off to school, make us some breakfast. My mom always made fantastic breakfasts. I still remember mm-hmm. all your breakfast, Mom. I miss, I miss having you make breakfast for me Aww. still. And I'm like sixty years old now. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my mommy making me breakfast me too. <laughs> but, 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 and then you know, when we got home from school, we if we had homework to do we did that and then other times it's like okay get outside and play and come back when it's dinner time we right. were allowed to just loiter around the house exactly and You'd... now i understand why oh absolutely
1: well you know why when i say that the parents had turned into their friends instead of a parent it all came about when we kicked got out of school out of church out of in no discipline uh if you you're mother yelled at you in the morning you can get her for child abuse much less if she spanked you for something that you did Well, she could go to jail for that you know and so the kids learn to the parents are compromising with the kids now so they don't get in trouble for, be, for being parents, you know what I mean? And the state is taking you the right from being a parent by giving them all the opportunities to be against you. I mean, who, who doesn't yell at your kid when they're misbehaving? Who doesn't go and smack one when they're totally out of control, you know? And you're not allowed to do that anymore. I mean, I did with my kids. I said, you're going to do what I say. I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When you have your own house, you be the boss. But right now, you're going to do what I say. Well, they could turn around and say at school, she's abusing us. She's verbally abusing us. She's threatening to physically abuse us with a spanking. And the law will come down on you and tell you, no, the kids are the boss here. They tell you what to do. And that's where it's turned, where people don't have the authority to rule over their children as a parent.
2: I I agree. I mean, when I was growing up, I remember uh, my mom said, uh, go out there and pick a switch there's a tree out there go go pick a switch <laughs> i hate it Well, that. your mom did that huh yes yeah. my go mom said switch. her mom did that oh my goodness so
0: okay so the question is did you pick did you pick the really thin switch or something larger
2: i uh, know i picked a little teeny twig <laughs> those hurt the I worst pick. though don't they well but then she'd say go pick another one and she would <laughs> she would rate them as no that's not good enough so keep going <laughs> You know what I hated?
1: I hated when they told you you messed up in the morning and it was only like eleven. You wait till your father gets home because that he was. Oh, that's the worst. Well, you had the five hours to scream and cry and pray that he would not be that vicious when he got when he got home and that mad at you, but
0: he always was. You know that that was the way it was at my house sometimes too. It's like you know the dad was the enforcer and it's like mom would say okay go back to your room and wait till your dad comes home and it's like that could have been a couple hours away and it's like (laughs) oh my gosh so Really, the anticipation was far worse than the actual punishment. That was child abuse. Yeah, Having to wait. <laughs> right. The, the anticipation. <laughs> Can you imagine nowadays the kind of things that uh, uh, that parents would get in trouble for if they did that? Mm-hmm. Oh, they got to. You're watch not allowed it. to. You're not allowed to discipline your children anymore. No,
2: and, and, and they do take advantage of that. Uh, the children. That's. It's a learned behavior in their environment. Is uh, their circumstances. So, they become their environment, and it. It trickles up, you know, into their mm-hmm. adulthood and stuff. But it's it's very, very sad that uh, parents can't discipline the way that mm-hmm. I feel was effective growing up. I know I don't.
1: Well, that means that a child is left to raise itself and they're doing a horrible job. Right. Of raising themselves. Yeah. I
2: agree.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so um, let's see. We're coming up on a break. Um Let's see what I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about, especially with Vicki, about how these schools are violating parental rights and how they're doing things uh, to their kids at schools. They're telling their children, uh, telling these kids not to tell their parents uh, what's going on in school. Um, It's a serious violation of the rights of parents to be able to do their, to be parents, to do parenting. And then I want to talk about, in the second hour, I want to talk about this protest we had in Old Town last Sunday. Let's get into that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, a little bit about why the governor, there is legal grounds to arrest the governor um, if providing these sheriffs or... Uh, APD or whoever actually had the guts to do it. Um, state police, I, they're they're like the governor's actually, private Gestapo. Actually, it could only be the sheriff
2: that could do that. Yeah,
0: the, the sheriff's sheriff soul. supposedly. Well, yeah, I'm
2: glad he interjected. Yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, so I want to talk about that in the next hour. Or so lots to come. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca, Mary, and Stella.